0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to a special extra edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, the Full Measure team is on the road near the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas as the border has become the number one most important issue in the minds of many voters in campaign 2024. We are here in Texas, close to the southern border. I'm with photographer Brian Barr and producer Daniel Steinberger. And I thought we would, before this story airs on full measure, talk a little bit about our times on the border. I think we've been here for this TV program at least... 14 times because sometimes more than once a year and we've seen the border go through so many changes I kind of like to refer to it as a living border because it does respond a lot to the rules that are coming down from the top and who who's dictating the priorities we saw some big changes a couple years ago under President Trump there really was a decline in the crossings of the border particularly right before he left office when We took an air ride with Border Patrol and they showed us fencing that was fast and furiously going up in those final months after President Trump had won a favorable Supreme Court decision about it and was trying to build as much wall or fencing as he could before the election and before leaving office. Whoa. Sorry. It's windy here and trucks are blowing around the highway. Um, And then I think we were among the first national journalists, if not the first to be visiting when it just so happened after President Biden was elected and took office in those early days and he had ordered a halt to the wall construction, even materials that had been purchased and were already in use, everything stopped. We saw that there was this abandoned places along the border where there had been construction sites literally just a day or so before. And so, again, we are sort of ahead of seeing that trend where the border was about to become what many would consider pretty wide open as it has been now for the past couple of years under President Biden. So, Brian, I, I think, have you been on all the border trips with me since I've been with Full Measure? And what are some of your
1: reflections? Um, I think I remember when we came down, when the first show first started, in 2015, and we we went with Howard Buffett onto his property. And was that uh, Sheriff Daniels? I think we met with him that time as well. And I just remember not seeing anybody back then. But you know, the, the stories, there was a lot of anecdotes about, you know, hordes and hordes of people crossing. And then it successfully, you know, over the past, nine years now every time we've come down the evidence of people is more and more apparent so you know i think we were in laredo once and we saw a couple people swimming across uh and you know uh you know kind of sneaking in through the across the rio grande and then oh gosh that time when we were walking through the, the tall reeds where was that
0: I don't remember, but we were chasing. Those were the days when we were having to chase down. There were plenty coming across, but you weren't just standing on the river and watching dozens and dozens or hundreds of people. You would, you know, look for them with Border Patrol and go find them.
1: Yeah, it was more of a, you know, hide and seek. And then the last time, I think, when we were here in Eagle Pass was when we saw just a parade of people in broad daylight crossing the river, doing whatever they can just to kind of cross the river and walking into open arms, basically.
0: Well, I would say I'm going to, like, talk while you get around this truck. Oh, my lordy. Um, I would say that when we, I think the first trip we made for full measure, and I'd already been coming down to the border for CBS News before that, it was such a dangerous situation because back then it was not so open that people were just coming across and welcome and getting help from non, you know, the nonprofits and so on. They were still trying to hide and there always has been a lot of human trafficking and drug smuggling and it was pretty dangerous. So the first trip we made down here for full measure some nine years ago or going on almost 10 years ago, we hired security to come with us. We got some law enforcement folks because we were gonna go to some towns that we know there's a lot of cartel activity and we just thought it was wise. I think it was the wise thing to do at the time. So this time when I was planning the trip and I told someone that I know that we were coming down here, the person said, well, are you afraid? And I said, gosh, no, it's a party now. I mean, exaggerating a little bit, but it's not as though people are armed and trying to sneak across and evade you or avoid you where we're going. They're trying to be seen. Um, and trying to be caught and so I, I sense very little danger unlike how it felt you know maybe 10 years ago do you have some reflections Daniel you, you haven't made all these trips with us but you've made a few of them now. I'm trying to remember you've been to Arizona and Texas with us?
2: In California um, yeah I've, I I would say the one less the reflection but just more like the reality I think that um It's hard to portray what's going on on television, and I think we've done a good job, but it really, um, and I think one of the, and certainly I think it's hard to understand it um, if you're not here, Um, you know, like people that kind of cover the story remotely from Washington or from elsewhere, um, it's very different here. The landscape is different, the people are different, the environment is different. um, And I think that's actually, you know, to your credit, commitment of coming down to the border once or twice a year just to kind of really get a reality check of what's here. Um, you know, the show has been committed to doing that. Um, and I think that's been really important. I think, you know, each time we learn something new, um, we hear a different perspective. Um, and to me, those are, you know, those are invaluable as, um, and I think, you know, hopefully people see that on our, on our TV stories and our TV show, um you know, as they just think about and try to decide, you know, what should be done along the border.
0: That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. one of my biggest reflections over the years—what you're pointing at?
1: This is deer. A deer. That Texas border patrol, right there.
0: Hello, fellows. One of the biggest reflections I've had as I've visited these border communities over the years is how inundated they've been for so long. You you know that they have numbers of people coming in to their little communities that they have to handle in terms of emergency services and everything else that overwhelm the numbers that live in the town, and they've been sort of begging for help and, and hoping for some security so they don't have to spend all of their money and watch the cities have happened. what has happened for many years, only to have it fall on deaf ears because most people won't ever come to the border and don't understand, I think which is what's clear when you come down here that the people who come in and inundate these towns by and large don't stay there. They do destroy the economy because they need you know help and assistance and there's so many of them they're overwhelming them. But then they move to other parts of the country. And finally, at last, with some of them ending up, many of them ending up in New York and, you know, big cities where they're very public in Chicago and the residents there complaining, finally, people in sanctuary cities and states and in other parts of the country have understood what these border towns have been saying for so long. You're all border towns, you're all gonna be border towns because the people who come in illegally don't stay here, they're going to your community. And I've seen many communities in this country, including places where where I've lived, change as the school systems have become overwhelmed in terms of numbers of students, where they've had kids of questionable background, maybe they're not even kids because they say they're a certain age and then they enroll in the public schools, but it turns out, you know, we don't know who they are and maybe they're MS-13 gang and they're causing problems in the schools. I've seen the schools have to go suddenly to spending a lot of money on um, helping with the children that come in that don't speak any English and they're just sort of dumped into the school system without great plans for how to integrate them well. Um, A lot of money's been spent on that. The schools are inundated. I mean, it's just really changed the texture of a lot of communities in a way that's cost a lot of money. And again, I think the border communities were warning of this many years ago and a lot of people in the rest of the country weren't listening. And I also think after visiting here, you understand why a lot of the border towns we visit are run by Democrats. A lot of the people in charge of the cities are Democrats and many of them Hispanic themselves and from Mexico, by the way, or historically from Mexico. And yet they want secure borders. So it's always interesting to come in here the Democrats on the border representing viewpoints that are in line with some Republicans in terms of border security. So we're passing a, is this a border patrol checkpoint? What would you call this? As you drive along these roads in Texas, there's checkpoints. I don't even understand why they're really looking for, if they're letting everybody in, why you're stopping cars that are now here so that you can see if there's an illegal immigrant in there?
1: I guess they still have to look for drugs and large groups of people who, I guess they're called gotaways, like large groups of people who got through and and didn't necessarily report to Border Patrol or one of these NGOs.
0: So as we're passing, there's like a line of cars stopped. And when I've driven by, sometimes they've stopped me. Sometimes you just slow down and they wave you through on the highway. Sometimes they ask to see your... ID, which has happened to me a couple of times, but I mean, how serious is it that they're really trying to find? I guess they're not trying to find illegal border crosses per se. If they're not, if they don't have drugs on them or weapons on them, because they're welcoming them in by and large. And another thing that struck me in one of these more recent visits is, we had come down to do a story on. Texas saying that they were kind of getting tough using their state resources to try to help address the crisis but what we found out when we got here was these state authorities weren't allowed to stop anybody from coming in or send them back so they were in essence reporting to the border where they helped process people faster they would turn them over to the feds so it was not effective even though you were hearing in the news hey Texas is doing all these things just a couple years ago None of it was having the effect of keeping anybody out or sending anybody back. And in fact, um, we watched as people would approach the border fence and Border Patrol would let them in. You know, it would be a locked gate and they would, Border Patrol would come and open it and let them inside. So even where people can't just easily climb in, they're being allowed in. Someone's told Border Patrol to open up the gates and let them come through, even on private property that's owned by ranchers and people that don't really want them on the property wow it's a windy day look at these electric lines are just like blowing crazy in the wind it's sunny and windy and cool down here in southern texas and would you say this is scenic land i mean it's just miles and miles of scrub brush and cactus and kind of nothingness
1: i love this because you don't see this every day you know like when, when would you come down here uh, but to do these stories? But, again, you say nobody sees very few people visit the border. Very few people uh, will drive on a two-lane road for 93 miles out of San Antonio to go to Eagle Pass, Texas. So, I mean, we've literally been on this road for an hour and a half and passed one town. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and something, I guess the last thing I'll say is building upon something Daniel said I have thought a lot about the kind of reporting I've done over the years and I always try to be a better reporter because I've made a lot of mistakes I've learned a lot and it's good to try to self-reflect but one thing I try to do is when we come to the border we have in mind what we're going to shoot you have to come down and have some things lined up and arranged but what we really want to see is what's really happening without without us driving the story meaning here's what we have to show. We wanna come down and see what's going on and that's what we'll report. Having done that, we've been surprised sometimes. What we found is not what we expected. And a lot of times I think reporters get locked into trying to fulfill that preconceived notion that they had and they feel like they have to, they're wrong if they don't get the story to fit into what they hoped or wanted it to be or what they've read read about elsewhere. I think it's a brilliant thing when you come to the border or go out on a story and you learn something that hasn't been reported or that's contrary to something that's being reported and you can shed light on it i think that's a lot more interesting and more valuable so that's what we try to do and what we'll be doing on this trip and you can watch the results on an upcoming episode of full measure i hope you hope you do I hope you enjoyed this podcast extra. We'll have much more coverage of The Border on Full Measure After Hours, this podcast, as well as on my TV program, Full Measure. To find out how to watch, you can go to com and click the Full Measure tab for a list of stations and times or watch anytime at fullmeasure.news. And if you want to see the program as it feeds live, that's Sundays about 9.32 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Time. At fullmeasure.news. It's never been more important to support independent reporting and journalism, and we have a fun way you can do that. Go to CherylAxton.com and click the store tab. You'll see a variety of intriguing products for independent thinkers with slogans such as, at this point, conspiracy theories might as well be called spoiler alerts, and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.